everyone. Thanks for tuning into the World Through She podcast. I'm Sheila, and I'm so excited to share my tips, recommendations, and stories with you all. If you want to see visuals of what I'll be sharing in this podcast, head over to my Instagram and check out my highlights. On this episode, I'll be talking about Portugal with a local that I actually met on my trip, Francisco. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Pleasure. My pleasure is all mine. Portugal is a beautiful country that borders Spain and the Atlantic Ocean. I've been wanting to visit Portugal actually since college after doing a study abroad in Spain. So I made sure to stop in Portugal while traveling from London to Morocco. So it was a really quick trip, but enough to make me fall in love with the country. I spent a total of four days there and saw a little bit of Porto where port wine comes from and Lisbon, which is the capital of Portugal. And it also kind of reminds me of San Francisco with the bridge and the waterfront boardwalk. A few tips while you're in Portugal, take a lot of cash. Surprisingly, a lot of places didn't take card and oddly, none of the ATMs accepted my debit card either, which made for a very long night when I couldn't pay for a meal at a restaurant on my first night in Lisbon. Shout out to Google Translate and my Airbnb host who ended up saving the day or the night, I guess. Speaking of dinner, similar to Spain, a lot of places are closed from three to seven. So plan your meals and nap times accordingly to that time frame. And something that I wasn't prepared for was all of the smoking. People can smoke inside bars and clubs there, so it's fairly common to smoke. I went to one club while I was there and felt like I had a smoker's cough even after that for the rest of the trip, even though I don't smoke. My throat was pretty much recovering for the rest of the trip. And if you do decide to go out, be prepared to stay out until 6 a.m. or later. This is very common in Europe, but as Americans, we get kicked out of bars and clubs at like 2 a.m. for the most part. So it's a, it's a fun cultural difference to share. I was actually surprised that a lot of people don't speak English there. Like I mentioned with the restaurant mishap when I didn't have enough cash to pay for our full meal, none of the servers or the owners or people sitting inside the restaurant spoke English. So we had to communicate via Google Translate and then Luckily, when our Airbnb host came, he was able to help us a little bit too. Also, when I was traveling from Porto to Lisbon on train, no one spoke English there either. So it's good to pick up a few words before you head over to the country. And finally, I would say spend more than three to four days there. It's such a beautiful country and there are so many historical places to visit that you could easily spend a week there and still want more time. Yes, I agree with you. If you have the chance of staying there at least one week, you can visit uh, more places besides the most famous cities, Porto and Lisbon. There are a lot of areas uh, around Lisbon and Porto which are stunning and really, really beautiful to visit uh, in terms of nature. There's a lot of interesting architecture spread all, all across the country too. One place that I have to visit when I come back is Sintra. That's something that I For definitely sure. don't want to It's a must. If you go to Lisbon, make sure you go to, you spend at least one day in Sintra, which is a village uh, around Lisbon. Very interesting, beautiful palace, uh, called Palace of Pena, which is very colorful. Mm-hmm. And you have a very, very um, historical garden called Rigaleira, which feels like a fairy tale. If I have to say, it's like a fairy tale. Yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> A lot you can do there. It's very symbolic. Uh, There's a lot of history in that place too. 
who wouldn't want to go visit a place that reminds them of a fairy tale? For sure, for sure. You have the either it's in the, the top of a mountain in Sintra or uh, deep into the forest. There's a lot you can do there. That sounds amazing. So I started off my trip in Porto and then took the train to Lisbon. Francisco, how much time have you spent in Porto? Well, I've been there uh, more than 10 times for sure. Uh, I, if I have to say, that will be probably 10 weeks. So definitely more than my two days there. Yeah, for sure. That's for sure. So in Porto, that was my first stop in Portugal. My first stop was the Ribeira Square, which is Porto's central square right next to the river. You'll be hearing this a lot on this episode of the podcast, but this <laughs> is a historical UNESCO site. A lot of areas in Portugal are. And in this square, there are many shops, restaurants. So that's where I got dinner on my first night in Portugal. Yeah, I would have to say that uh, it's the Ribeira, Praça de Ribeira, you call it the Ribeira Square, Praça de Ribeira, that's the historical center of the city. Uh, that's where you can see Porto in its essence. You have people from all, all over the world there. You have all the restaurants. Uh, that's where you can experience some of the best food in the country too. Food in gastronomy up, up there in the north in Porto, it's heavier in comparison to the food in the center of the country. I think I remember the dish in Porto being um, something called like Francis. Yeah, yeah, you have the... If you go to Porto, you got to try the Francesinha, which yes. is a, it's like a, a square of bread. And inside you have, and uh, they have like uh, this beer based uh, sauce, which can be a little bit spicy, but it goes very well. And uh, you can also add chips with that. And it's a really, really good uh, recipe. Yeah. So when you say it's a lot heavier food, that's true, because typically you see a lot of seafood a lot of fish, but this is like a bread and meat heavy dish. So yeah, for sure. After, after you try, after you eat one plate of Francesinha, you can't look at food anymore, like for the mm -hmm. next uh, hours, for sure. So on the other side of the river from the square is the Villa Nova de Gaia, which is where you could find all the port houses on the banks of the river. One of my favorites was Porto Cruz or Espaso Porto Cruz. And their terrace lounge has a 360 view of the city, including one of my other recommendations, which is the Dom Luis Bridge. The bridge connects Porto and Villanova de Gaia. I love walking across the bridge and watching the sunset from up there. It also connects the square to all of the port houses that we just talked about. There's also the Harry Potter Library. Supposedly one of the main inspirations for the Harry Potter books because J.K. Rowling uh, used to live there in Porto. When I went there, it was way too crowded to even enjoy. I don't think I really got to see the full beauty of it because I was shoulder to shoulder with other people, like walking up the stairs. It was like bumping into everyone. Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. It's a mess. Nowadays, <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, more calm. You can go there easily. You don't have to wait that much. But uh, before the pandemic, it was really, really messy. True. Yeah, it's probably going to be a lot more calm now. But one thing that you definitely shouldn't miss is the Majestic Cafe, which is the most beautiful cafe in Porto. And it's no surprise that it's another historical site. It dates back to 1921. 
And it's also one of the top 10 most beautiful cafes in the world. It's still, it was so well maintained. It's just, it's a beautiful place to go and enjoy breakfast or brunch or lunch. It's one of the most attractive and stunning coffee shops in the world, in my opinion. The whole city of Porto is also covered in blue or azulejo tiles. It's, you say azulejos, azulejos. Can you say What? Yeah, azulejos. Yeah, excellent. I, I always forget that in uh, Portuguese, the J is actually pronounced instead of silence. Yes. So, and like in Spanish, they say mm -hmm. like the sound, we say j. I'm actually impressed. I'm, <laughs> that's really, that was really good. <laughs> this includes the beautiful church or igreja. Oh, ooh, igreja. Igreja, awesome. awesome. Igreja de Santo Ildefonso. And one of my favorites in all of Porto that I visited was the Sao Bento railway station, which is where I caught my train from Porto to Lisbon. So it was one of my last sites in Porto before leaving. And it's no surprise that it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site too. The station was actually declared a national monument of all of Portugal. So it's beautiful inside. I read that there's also a story that the uh, railway station is haunted. Did you yeah, hear I heard about this? Some things that, yeah, I heard some things about it. I'm so glad I didn't know that when I went there to catch my train. Yeah, depending on each time of the day, it can be really creepy. It's a part of the charm, you know, the, it's maybe because of the design of the, the station. Mm -hmm. It's quite unique, you know, the architecture. But it's really cool. It's really cool. You got you to gotta see it. Babe, if it's just for the architecture, if you love that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you do it. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into Lisbon, which is, Francisco, where you and I met, and you're not yeah, too far too from there right now. Not, uh, maybe 10 minutes from Lisbon, yeah. Nice. I think it's really important for everyone to know that the first thing I did when I got to Lisbon was visit Pastéis de Belém to try Pastéis de Belém. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, it's also it. called Pastéis de Nata. Yeah, it, uh, the Pastéis de Belém, it's a symbol of uh, Lisbon. Uh, it's probably the most famous cake in, probably in the whole country. I might be a little bit biased because I'm, I try that, I eat that almost every day, but definitely a, a must experience when it comes to gastronomy in Portugal, the Passage de Belém, with a little bit of cinnamon. Cinnamon goes mm -hmm. really well with the, the Belém. You can eat the whole thing just in one bite, or you can use a spoon and eat the, the like the cream inside. It's also really yeah. good. Yeah, so it's it's these delicious Portuguese custard pastries, and you could sprinkle cinnamon on them, but if you have an extra sweet tooth like me, you could also sprinkle powdered sugar on them too. Yeah, sugar too. Sugar is also a good, good idea. It, it is delicious. And it goes very well with coffee. Like, it's yeah. a perfect uh, coffee companion. So after curing my sweet tooth craving, I visit Jeronimos Monastery, which is another UNESCO World Heritage Site. The monastery took a hundred years to build, which makes me feel a little better about spending over two hours there looking at all of the details in every pillar, arch, every door, hallway. It was such a beautiful area to explore. Yeah, the architecture there, it's, it's stunning for sure. 
Yeah, it's definitely got like a gothic. It's called the late gothic Manueline. I don't know how you say it, Manueline style. Moving on to another UNESCO World Heritage Site is the Belém Tower, which is right on the water. So it's definitely a must-see. And then when you go and see that, you could actually walk down on the waterfront boardwalk to see a lot of the other sites too, including the bridge, which I believe was designed after the Golden Gate Bridge. It was uh, actually made by the the guys who made the the San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge. They were supposed to make the Golden Gate Bridge, but they didn't. So they went to Europe. They decided to make like a a Golden Gate Bridge in Portugal. In this case, that's amazing. Yeah, fun fact for sure. So it, it's no surprise you're next to the water in Lisbon. So seafood is a must. You have to try and eat so as much seafood as you possibly can while you're there. One of my favorite places that we got our seafood meal at was the Time Out Market. And you just had a huge variety to pick from. It was right by the water and it was just fun to see too. If you want to try really good seafood, besides the Time Out Market that you mentioned, mm -hmm. make sure you go to a restaurant named Ramiro, which is popular in Lisbon. They serve you a lot of different uh, plates of seafood and at the end they give you this portuguese steak sandwich called prego to catch the flavor out of your mouth the, like the seafood flavor that you get after you eat a lot of seafood right mm -hmm. uh, they give you this steak the these meats meats uh, sandwich to get the flavor uh, of seafood out of your mouth just like it's like a dessert I'm going to have to add that to my list when I come back. Yeah, do it. I think Anthony Bourdain went there when he was here in Lisbon. So it's a must for sure. So another thing that you have to visit when you're in Lisbon is the St. George Castle, where actually Francisco and I met there or pretty close to there. Yeah, but about one minute. Yeah. Yeah. On the, on the cobblestone street, walking on our way up to the castle, I saw this store, which is a canned fish store, but it looked so cute that we definitely wanted to go inside and see what it was all about. It's very cozy. It looks like a, a library and there you can find <laughs> all kinds of canned fish, which is a pretty big deal in Portugal, canned fish. It's like a tradition. It's a symbol of, of our country. Which makes sense because fish is one of the main dishes there yeah it's, it used to be considered more of as a popular dish but nowadays it's becoming more of an experience uh, you have the the can either it's canned sardines or or codfish which is a very popular dish in portugal too cuts uh, we call it bacalhau and you get to try that with uh, really good portuguese wine and luckily for us we have really good wine i cannot complain mm -hmm. yeah we like to say it's like going to Japan and you you try sushi there. Oh, okay, okay. That is where I met Francisco is what at a canned fish store, which um, I'll have to put it to the test next time I'm there. Canned fish versus the real fish. The most uh, most random place to meet a person. I but, know. Uh, yeah, that's it. that's it. I should also mention that we've only seen each other in person once. And it was yeah, only for that like small duration in the canned fish shop. Yeah, like like fifteen minutes. Yeah, I believe <laughs> from more more or less. Yeah, it's been great. Yes, I agree. I agree. So back to the Saint George Castle. Um, this is actually another landmark that I spent hours at. 
not only is the castle just so cool to see because it's very historic, but the views from the castle were some of my favorite views in all of Portugal. You could see the whole entire city. You could see the bridge. You could see all of the houses. You could see the main square. Literally, you could see everything from the top of the castle. It's so beautiful. That's the, the best view in town. Since you worked there, is there anything else in that area that people should stop and see or stop and try? Uh, it's uh, it has a lot of typical Portuguese streets with uh, you know very small cozy restaurants, mm -hmm. which is really nice if you are looking for uh, an authentic Portuguese experience. Uh, but if you want something similar in terms of viewpoints, you either go there to the Saint George Castle or you go to Bairro Alto, which is the other area, which is the I would say upper upper part of Lisbon, also with really beautiful viewpoints. So I'd say okay. the, the main reason to go to the, the castle, besides being an historical place, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, if you like that, do it for sure. Uh, it's just a viewpoint. It's stunning. It's really beautiful, especially at night with the lights turned on. It's, uh, it's, you can make really good pictures there. What was the other place that you said for viewpoints? Uh, Bairro Alto. And it's uh, also a really good place to spend the night. The, you know, the vibe there, the environment, it's, it's really cool. So the last thing I want to mention in Lisbon is Rua Gasta, which is one of my favorite streets. I could go to one place and spend hours looking at the architecture, looking at the views, looking at the vibe there. So the street itself is a very, very popular street, it has a lot of stores, restaurants on the actual street with lights on top of it. And this street leads to a beautiful arch. And then you go underneath that arch and it's it leads to Commerce Square, where, again, there's so much happening in that square that you could spend hours there. Yeah, definitely. That's a, there's a lot of thing, things happening in Rua You can find a lot of uh, street performers. You can find a lot of tourists, uh, people from all over the world, even pickpockets. So watch out for them. Because if you have a lot of tourists, watch out for those guys. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of restaurants, people eating uh, in the in the patios, like the, we call it Splanadas, which it's uh, exterior restaurants. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a place, if you had to take one picture that represents the city of Lisbon, it should be in Rua Augusta, which is iconic. And it, le it leads you to a... Uh, to an historical place like the the Praça do Comércio, the Commerce Square, mm -hmm. uh, which is near near the river. It's also very beautiful. You have a lot of space there. Uh, they usually hold a lot of musical events uh, there in, the, in that square. In 2016, when uh, Portugal won the European Soccer Championship, you say it's soccer, right? Soccer, uh, football. Yeah. Yeah, you call it soccer. Yeah, it was crazy. Like. There was a lot of people there. It's, I remember being there uh, when we won the death thing. Uh, was actually scary, but exciting, like exciting <laughs> to be there. I can imagine. I was in Madrid when Spain won the Euro Cup in, I think it was yeah, 2012. Yeah, yeah. 2012 yeah, yeah it was wild it was so i i couldn't imagine what it was like especially in that square the like main commerce square 
Yeah, when it comes to to football, like here in yeah. Portugal, uh, it's it's like a religion. Like we see the see football as a as a way of life. A lot of people do it. There's a lot of people who don't care, uh, of course. But uh, it's like the the other most Portuguese thing to do is besides eating sardines, like I mentioned before, it's watching a football a football game. Well, and that's a lot of Europe. Let's see, that's one of the sports that like every country has. Yeah, in, in Europe, yeah, I would say probably football in almost every country in Europe. Yeah, it's a big part of the culture. It is, it is for sure. Okay, well, is there anything else we should add before we summarize everything up? Yeah, I would add uh, two things. Um, in Lisbon, you have to go to the the most emblematic coffee house there, which is in the Chiado, Bairro like in Bairro where you have the the famous coffee house A Brasileira, which is mm-hmm. translated to the, the Brazilian, which was opened oh. in the ni- 19th century, uh, originally to import and sell Brazilian coffee, um, which were a rarity in the house of, in, um, households of Lisbon uh, back then. And over, over time, that the coffee shop became a, a meeting point for a lot of artists, intellectuals, writers, and uh, finally a tourist attraction, as much as any other coffee shop in Lisbon. But uh, Brasileira, it's definitely iconic. Wow. Another thing I'm adding on to my list. Yeah, they have, they have a really uh, cool statue of Fernando Pessoa, which is mm-hmm. one of the, the most important uh, Portuguese writers and poets. A lot of people go there to take pictures with the statue, which it's a, it's a must too. And the quality of, of, uh, of the coffee, it's also really good. Yeah, the, the Brazilian coffee that I had there was really good. So Yeah, Brazilian coffee, yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. You can also try the Café da Bica, which is with uh, sugar. B-I-C-A? B-I-C-A, yeah, perfect. Oh, nice. You're getting the hang of it. <laughs> I'll give you maybe two years you and you are fluent in Portuguese. <laughs> Don't hold me to that, but that's a good goal. Yeah, that, why not? Why not? We talked a little bit about Sintra, but that's definitely something yes. that's top of my list is to visit Sintra. Besides the, the, the places that I mentioned in, in Sintra, you have also uh, nearby, close by the Cascais Beach. Cascais, mm. it's uh, one of the best areas in uh, around Lisbon, which you can visit. It's a very small country, but there's a lot to see. And uh, the good thing is, like, the places, they are not far from each other, like, maybe two, three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you spend, like, one week, you can visit pretty much the whole country just fine. Not, not, in, not like you won't spend uh, more than one one day in Lisbon or Porto, if you if you want to visit the, the whole country, but you could could do it in uh, in one week. There's another place uh, called the Jerez, which you can visit any time of the year, and uh, depending on the the season, it's a completely different experience. A place where uh, summer is so unique, winter mm-hmm. is so unique that you could go there four times. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would you would have a completely different experience. Yeah, amazing. And it's beautiful, like the 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 view there, the landscapes, the the rivers. 
it's like it's a dream it's like a painting you know mm -hmm. also adding that to my list to summarize everything up be prepared to see many historic sites and unesco world heritage sites porto has Vibera Square, Dom Bridge, Majestic Cafe, and Sao Bento Railway. You also can't forget to go on the other side of the river to Villa Nova de Gaia to visit all the port houses. Lisbon has the Geronimos Monastery, Belém Tower, St. George Castle for viewpoints, or Bairro Alto, and Rua Agasta Arch leading to the Commerce Square. There are a few coffee shops that you have to visit. Uh, it's called a Brasileiro. Which translates to the Brazilian. And if you have more time than I did, definitely go visit Sintra, visit Caixcaix Beach, which both of those are around Lisbon, and Jerez, which is not far from Porto. Francisco, anything else to add? Yeah, if you are uh, in Porto, uh, you can also make a quick trip to Aveiro. It's known as the Portuguese Venice. If you're looking for a uh, a calmer experience, Alentejo, it's a good suggestion as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Francisco, for joining and sharing all of your insightful information. My pleasure. Thank you very much for the invitation. And for everyone listening, I hope this was helpful in planning your future trip to Portugal. Feel free to DM me on Instagram with any questions or additional recommendations. <laughs>